0: welcome to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast series. Today our podcast is a research update and it just so happens to be our first podcast recording. So I'm excited to be incorporating podcasting as a way to communicate research to our audience. My name is Sarah Sheik and I'm a swine extension educator. Joining me today is Marta Ferrandez Villa who is a graduate student in the Department of Animal Science. So I thank her for joining us today. And also joining us is Dr. Tom Molitor, Swine Faculty in the College of Veterinary Medicine, and he was a member of Marta's thesis committee. To get us started today, Marta, will you tell us about yourself, including who your graduate advisor is, and the area of focus during your master's
1: program? Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. Thank you very much for having me here. My name is Marta Ferrandis. I'm a veterinarian from Spain. And I'm a master's student at the University of Minnesota in the Animal Science Department under the advice of Dr. Milena sake And today I will be sharing my research on the effects of dietary fiber on swine intestinal epithelial and immune response. Can you give us a brief introduction to your research
0: study explaining why it was a valuable project to do?
1: Yeah, sure. Feed ingredient costs have been increasing during the last 10 years. However, the amount of feed or energy per pound of carcass weight of growing finishing pigs have not changed over time. This is a big issue, so in order to reduce feed costs, the use of high fiber ingredients such as corn-dried distiller grains with solubles or DDGS and others like wheat middlings has become a fairly common practice among swine farmers. However, caloric efficiency, growth and also carcass yield of pigs fed high-fiber diets is usually less than those pigs that we feed with corn-soybean meal diets. So supplementation with, for example, fiber-degrading enzymes is a possible approach to revert the negative consequences of feeding high-fiber diets to these pigs. These enzymes act by multiple mechanisms, such as, for example, increasing energy and amino acid digestibility. However, these enzymes also can act by modifying the microbiome and uh, also the immune response. In fact, different components of fiber will modify the intestinal microbiome and microbial metabolites.
2: So, Marta, microbiome's a hot topic today, but we do know that the microbiome has effects on immune development. So, we may see that feed ingredients may have direct effects or indirect effects through microbiome. So important triangle.
1: Yep, that's correct. Actually, at the All and the Lemon Swine Conference in 2015, there was some data presented by Boyd et al. suggesting that survival and livability of growing pigs increases when fed high-fiber diets supplemented with enzymes, which could be linked to microbial composition. However, the mechanisms and repeatability of these observations have not been tested. So, more specifically, it is not known whether the addition of this fiber degrading enzymes can alter the immune response triggered by fiber in diet. And this is where we come into the picture.
0: Wow, it sounds like you've got a lot of thought, um, <laughs> background into this study. So, tell us, how did you complete it?
1: Yeah, so we used 54 growing pigs. We divided them into six different groups, and what we did is we fed them a standard diet, or a diet formulated with carbohydrates. So we had two fiber sources. We had the corn industrial grains with soluble DDGS and with midlings and a controlled diet that was a corn soybean meal diet. And then we had these previous three diets with a carbohydrate enzyme mixture. This carbohydrate mixture was composed of silanases, beta-glucanases, uh, mananases, and galactosidases, and uh, it was supplied by ADM in Decatur, Illinois. So all our diets were formulated to have the same metabolic energy and uh, approximately a 17% NDF by adding 30% DDGS or a 20% weight middlings. We had our pigs housed individually and fed these diets for over 28 days, and after these 28 days, we euthanized them and we collected ileal and colonic samples, tissue samples, as well as content samples. So, so uh, we use the samples to analyze for pro- and anti-inflammatory cytokines. And we also measure expression of genes related to mucin production, because it is well established that mucin production is affected by amount of, and type of fiber in the diet. And likewise, mucin is important in pathogen control. Finally, we also analyzed composition of microbiota that called changes in composition of microbiota that could be attributed to the fiber on the diet. What were the results of your study? We observed that the concentrations of pro-inflammatory cytokines, such as interleukin one beta and interferon-gamma, uh, were increased in pigs-fed high-fiber diets supplemented with carbohydrates. The high-fiber diets without enzymatic supplementation induced more anti-inflammatory cytokines, particularly interleukin-4 and 11, when compared to the enzyme-supplemented diets. Especially interleukin-4 concentration was higher in the animals fed with middling diets when compared to the other diets, and interleukin-11 was uh, higher in uh, ileum and colon of all those pigs fed high-fiber diets. We also saw an increase in mucin production after feeding the DDGS and the wheat middling high-fiber diets. Diets supplemented with enzymes also showed an increase in mucin production, but not as sharp as the increase observed in the high-fiber diets without the enzymatic supplementation. Microbial composition in ileum and colon was also modified, but the changes were rather modest.
0: And of these results that you shared with us today, Marta, what are some of the important takeaways?
1: Well, our results show that both the high-fiber diet and the enzymatic addition to those high-fiber diets have an effect over the local immune response of the gut. While high-fiber diets promote an anti-inflammatory status, the supplementation with carbohydrates seem to change this response and induce a pro-inflammatory profile in the distal intestine of pigs. It is interesting to notice that these immune responses may not be induced by changes in the composition of the intestinal microbiota, suggesting different mechanisms. Another important finding is that the high fiber diets seem to trigger an increase in mucin production in the intestine of pigs.
2: Marta, can you uh, explain a little bit more about the microbiota results and also the mucin results in terms of what kind of impact that, and maybe what limitations might have in your study?
1: Yeah, of course. About the mucin results, uh, they are important because a thicker mu- mucin layer can be a pro or a con, depending on the situation. It can be a pro because it's a physical barrier that may uh, help uh, the animal to avoid getting infected, but certain pathogens that may come with the diets and may be located in the lumen of the intestine. However, it also can be a con because uh, they act as a barrier, so uh, it can be also blocking nutrient absorption. About the microbiota results, uh, there's a big limitation in this piece uh, since we just screened five phyla, five major microbial phyla, and uh, we did not see major changes, but in order to fix that piece, we are going to be doing a whole genomic uh, sequencing in order to uh, pick any possible change on microbial composition that could be attributed to the fiber in the diet.
2: Good, thanks.
1: Yeah. So moving forward, our group will also continue to isolate the factors in fiber that affect immunity. For example, is this effect the product of viscosity or is this the effect of oligosaccharides formed during the fiber degradation? So yeah, our swine nutrition group will be busy this next year to get all this task done. So you're
0: leaving them with those added studies to do? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So based off of these results that you did share with us, what conclusions can be made from your
1: study? So the main conclusions will be that the immunomodulatory effect that we have observed triggered by high-fiber diets and enzyme supplementation may be a potential tool to fight certain infections.
2: So Marta, let's look into that a little bit more. First of all, you've talked so far about immune response and you're measuring cytokines and you're looking at pro-inflammatory and inflammatory cytokines. What's the yin and the yang? What's the good and the bad of cytokines?
1: Of course, in here, there's no good or bad. The main point is we want to keep the balance. So whichever type of disbalance will also induce disease. So the point in here will be we do not want to trigger a very strong, neither pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory response. So I guess when I talk about potential tool to fight infections, what I mean is to help the body of these animals to be able to face a pathogen when it comes.
2: So are you talking about differential diets that need to be available for pig, whether they're fighting in infections or recovering from
1: it? Yes, that is correct. And that's something that has been previously shown. In here, what we are doing is we are bringing up new ingredients that could be potentially used for this di- the formulation of these differential diets. Another take-home message and probably the most important is, as we already mentioned, the possibility of link diet with fighting diseases and the impact that this can have in the productivity of these animals.
0: Great! Sounds like you found a lot of interesting applications from your research. Well, let's hope so. <laughs>
2: As always, good research results in more questions than answers. And you have both some answers, but again, a lot more questions that need to be pursued.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, Marta, as we near the end, do you have any closing remarks that you would like to give?
1: The only thing that I want to point out is I would like to thank everybody that has been helping me during these two years, my advisor, everybody from the swine nutrition department, as well as my committee members and everybody that may be listening to this podcast. It's been a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you. Well, with that, this wraps up our podcast for today. Again, I would like to thank Marta for sharing her graduate research with us. I'd also like to thank Dr. Tom Molitor for being with us to add to our conversation today, and would also like to give Marta good luck as you pursue your PhD in Germany at the University of Vienna. Great,
1: thank you very much. Yeah.
0: Thank you to those listening to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast. This has been Sarah Sheik, Swine Extension Educator, along with Dr. Tom Molitor, Swine Faculty in the College of Veterinary Medicine, and graduate student Marta sharing her research with us today. To further connect with the University of Minnesota Swine Extension please visit our website at www.extension.umn.edu backslash swine and to learn about research being done by our swine faculty in the veterinary medicine please visit their Swine in Minnesota blog at www.umn.edu umnswinenews.com and also to remind you of our swine health conference our Alan D. Lehman conference that is scheduled for September 18th and 19th 2017 in St. Paul.